Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this week's very special Resistance episode where Charlotte and I are together. Yay! I came to Boston for the weekend, and we've had a lot of fun. We've eaten so much food. (laughs) like a ridiculous amount of food. Yeah. <laughs> but we are here today to record resistance and just as a note, we are recording in like a co-working space right now. So the auto quality is probably going to be a little different than what you're used to, but we figured we don't get to record that often. So together, yeah. we record often. Each but, yeah, we record <laughs> we record plenty. <laughs> um, but together IRL. So we wanted to try out something new and yeah, so you might hear some other noises and things like that. So just a note on yeah. where we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very exciting that we're together. We were at to watch the Resistance episode together, which I think it's only happened once. Once, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so again, just we're in a co-working space because Caitlin and I both record. A lot of people know this. Caitlin and I both record in our closets. <laughs> like if you could do any like light Googling about like podcast, <laughs> podcast studios in your home and like starting a podcast and all this kind of stuff. They tell you that like you should record in your closet because the acoustics are so good. Mm-hmm. And because of that, our, both of our closets are like quite small. So that's why we're in a co-working space because we both can't fit in Charlotte's closet. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway. And we've, we've, I mean, I feel like we've recorded in strange places. We have recorded in your apartment before when I've been up here, but um, honestly, we wanted to like get out of the house and like, yeah. <laughs> go do some stuff, and uh, it seemed like a fun idea, like co-working, co-podcasting. What's not to love? Co-everything. Co-everything. <laughs> Co-watching Resistance. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we are doing this week. Um, we will be back to normal for the next time, um, but we are really excited to talk about this episode. I know last week's episode was not our favorite, and this week was... A million times better. Oh my god, it was so much better. So much better. In the midway through the episode, I was like, "This is such an improvement." It feels, and I guess we'll we'll get into this, but yeah. it really does feel like a totally different show. Yeah, no, it hundred <laughs> percent. In comparison to last week. Yeah, it was it was great. I really liked this episode. I think I I would have loved it as much as I did, even if we didn't have that really bummer of an episode I last know. week. Um, but it is called The Engineer. It did air on Sunday, November 3rd. It was directed by Bosco Ng, and we have two writers this week. So it was written by Sarah Carbiner and <laughs> question mark and Erica Rosby. And then we had a story consultant as well, who is Stephen Melching. And we've seen Stephen Melching as a writer before. Yes. yes, and he's also a character who's named, like, yeah, in Rebels, yeah. Melch is named after Stephen yes. Yeah, I was like, I know I recognize that name, and that's right. where. Yeah, so as we always do in our Resistance Recaps, part one will be our highs and lows. Part two is going to be all about the story. And in part three, it's characters. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Okay, welcome to part one, where we're going to be talking all about our highs and lows. And I think I went first last week, so you can go first this week. Okay, I really liked the Nina character, and I know this episode is called The Engineer, and I know the, ep- the episode is like really about the and this engineer character, but I really liked her introduction. And I think Resistance has done this a lot, where they introduce a new character. They keep really introducing all these new characters. Don't you feel like that? Like, yeah. there's like a lot of characters that get introduced (laughs) rather than sticking with like our core which i think is kind of like not comparable to rebels which Mm -hmm. rebels didn't i don't think had a lot of like other external characters coming in and out you know yeah and um yeah i just think that i i liked this character because i didn't understand her intentions in the beginning and i even though when (laughs) When they were boarding her ship, I was like, do I trust it? Do I not trust it? Do I trust Mm -hmm. it? Do I not trust it? I don't know if I trust it. Um, And it turns out that she was untrustworthy. I don't think that it felt like, oh, of course she's untrustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. When when they were getting on the ship, you're like, is it a trap or a rescue? And I said, it's a rescue that turns into a trap. (laughs) Exactly. Which was not true. (laughs) No, it it totally is what happened. She didn't need rescued, though. Yeah. I kind of, at the beginning of the episode, I kind of thought that she was... Uh, genuine mm-hmm. and needing rescue, but that something would have gone off on her ship that would eventually have led the first order there. Right. So I I believed her, and that makes me sad. 
But yeah, I, I really liked her character. We were talking about she had a really great voice actress. Yes. Um, we really enjoyed her vocal performance. I thought she sounded really similarly in tone to Sabine in Rebels, mm-hmm. so to Sarkar. And I thought that was really interesting. I don't know. I yeah. liked her character. I really did like her character, even though she was evil. Like, mm-hmm. I enjoyed her. I liked her character design. I don't think she was evil. She was evil. I don't oh. think she was evil. She, like, when she tells... Uh, or when she says, like, to Nico at the end, like, when she's flying off, um, she kind of talked to him in her head, and she's like, I wish you could understand why I had you, and she's like, I wasn't actually lying, like, I was sold into slavery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's a victim of circumstance, right. and she is, um, I remember there, so you guys know that a TV show I really like is called The 100, and it's, like, a very dark show, and it's all about, like, survival and stuff, and there's this line that a character says in there that has always kind of stuck with me, and he said, um, who we are and who we need to be to survive are very different things. And I think that I think that applies to Nina, honestly. Like, I don't think she wanted to make those choices, but mm-hmm. she, like, that was her only choice. Or right. she felt like that was her only choice. And even though she really did connect with Niku, and she wanted him to come with her. Mm-hmm. She was like, I, didn't, I never thought I needed a partner, but, like, you should come with me. All, um, everything that you're describing right now reminds me of Tam. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I think that you can say that you can replace Niku with Kaz. Maybe. I think that there's a yeah. little bit of a parallel. Yeah, there. there's definitely a parallel between Nina and Tam. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really liked her. I, I did like the complication. I'm wondering if we'll see her again. I think we will. I think we will too. It'll be interesting to see what choice she makes the next time we see her. Yeah. I also liked what Nina told us about Niku and all the character moments that we got with Niku in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. It was really great to see him kind of take center stage. Yeah. So my first high was Sonara back in the episode. Love her. Loved her talking sense into Kaz. Like, why does no one listen to Sonara? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love when they're when they're telling Kaz that he needs to take someone with him. And he's like, no, I don't. And then he picks Sonara. Yeah. She's like, oh, why'd you bring me? Because I'm a better shot. And he's like, no. No. <laughs> why would, why? <laughs> no, fine. <laughs> And then she's the one that's like, have your blasters ready. And he's like, it's just a rescue. And she's like, damn it. And then then she's the one at the end. I just think it's so fascinating because Kaz was right to put kind of this um, undue trust in Sonara. And that meant a lot to her. And he's repeated that with other people. But interestingly enough, Sonara has been the one to be like, you shouldn't put your trust in people like that even though he put his trust in her the same way. It's almost like she was the anomaly. Yeah, exactly. But so I don't think, that, I don't know. I don't know about that because I think that like something that's so important about Kaz's character is that he is so like in trusting and compassionate in that way. Yeah, but he's not trusting and compassionate the way that Niku is. Yeah, that's true. But he like exists somewhere in between, between like Niku and Sonara. It's just fascinating that like you would kind of expect with a character like Sonara, like she would be the one to be like, we should trust her. Like you trusted me. Mm-hmm. Like she was offered that branch of forgiveness and like trust and it meant a lot to her. And I think that actually did mean a lot to her, but she doesn't like she hasn't changed for it in that way. I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe. I just like I like that. Sonar is kind of this, but like at the same time, I like that Sonar is this reality check for Kaz mm-hmm. and helps him kind of think through conversations or situations a little bit more clearly, even though both times he hasn't taken her advice, <laughs> <laughs> but she's been right both times. Right. But she's not like, she's not right about Tam, at least we don't think she is, um, but she was right about Nina. Uh, I don't know. I but I liked having her there. I liked at the end or when Kaz is trying to take power from the pirates and she's like, They're not stealing power. Like I'm the one that sets set it up. And like yeah. you trust again, it's like you trust me. I'm not taking more power than like what what we're given. Yeah. 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 And he was like, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it was good to see Sonara. And it's funny because we were talking about shipping last week with Kaz and Tora, and I was like, Yeah, I don't know. But then this episode I was like, Yes. Yeah, I know. I know. It's so it's so much easier for me to like Kaz and and Kaz and Sonara than yeah. Kaz and Tora. Well, Kaz and Tora just have very similar energies. Yeah, that that's like really cute and bubbly. They're yeah. what like what their romantic relationship could look like, but Kaz and Sonara is very much like a a bantery one. Yeah, which is a different kind of relationship, which is fun to watch. Too. Right. 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 Okay, so my second high is just kind of a general feeling is that I feel like this episode was so complicated and 
it felt like it was really digging at a lot of deeper themes and uh, deeper issues within like the fight against the First Order and the resistance and what the First Order was willing to do to accomplish their goals and kind of demonstrated how the First Order is, you know, infiltrating from the inside. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I just think it was a refreshing episode given the past two episodes that I felt very were very simple. This mm-hmm. one felt like really complicated in a really good way that reminded me that this is the kind of stuff I like in Star Wars Resistance. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my second high too. I love the like trajectory of this episode. Yeah. Like we did a lot in this episode Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of turns, but we also got a lot of like really good character moments out of it too. Um, So it was really complicated. We talked about this in the last episode about how like resistance has to do like ideally every episode is doing two things. Like it's addressing the immediate problem of the Colossus, like needing to survive and like they need fuel, they need food, whatever. And then, but then it should also have implications for our bigger story of like where exactly is the Colossus going in regards to the resistance or the first order. And I felt like this episode did both of those really well because mm-hmm. the whole premise is that the Colossus is breaking down, but then it brought the first order right to their door when they found this quote unquote engineer. Well, she was an engineer, but yeah. um, she brought the first order to them. So I felt like it handled both really well. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, they did get away at the end, so. Right. But we know that the First Order is tracking them. Yeah, right? now like now they could potentially be tracking them. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I don't think so. Because then she think... remo- they, they removed that thingy. Yeah, that. but the, I think that was just like an inhibitor. That was yeah. my interpretation. But you could yeah. be right. It could have been a tracker. Any, if the story allows it, it anything is. could be a tracker. And we'll yeah. be like... Yeah, yeah, that makes course. sense. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like we had similar second highs, right? Um, but the yeah, we just did, we did a lot in this episode, like from them being in the beginning in the high tower, and then or not even the high tower, they're higher than the high tower, mm-hmm. the bridge. Yeah, yeah, the bridge, and then rescuing her, coming back, our issue with the pirates, all of our Niku moments, the betrayal, that chase, and then at the very end too, like. A lot happened. A lot happened. Yeah. Which I really liked. Same. We have basically the same low. Mm -hmm. So what's your low? So the low is I really loved how Nina and Niku connected. I really enjoyed that. But I'm not sure if I like the implications that like Kaz, Yeager, and Tam have never really bothered to get to know Niku's story or where he comes from. Um, Like I think that all these characters genuinely care about each other and it kind of... It kind of rubbed me the wrong way that it was implied that, like, Kaz... And, like, Kaz is... Like, they're all self-centered, and Kaz... Like, it is Kaz's story, so a lot of our plot points do revolve around him, and so we're often talking about him as the main character. But I just don't like the idea that, like, Kaz has been there for how long, and, like, Niku is his best friend, and Niku says he's his best friend. Like, you know that Kaz cares about Niku, and this episode showcased that, I thought. But it was like Nika was like, oh yeah, like Kaz has never asked me yeah. about my family. Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't I didn't really like that implication. I think that I I agree with you, but like to be the devil's advocate a little bit, I feel like it really did demonstrate what kind of like insidious ways that the first order can instill doubt in certain circumstances. I don't know. It's kind of like a little bit of a gaslighty behavior where it's like, oh yeah, you think your friends care about you? Have they ever asked you about it, you? And then you're like, wait, well, maybe not, you know? Yeah. And I think that, like, I don't know. I feel like a, that's also kind of a little bit of a relatable situation, right? Like, where you're, like, yeah. you can see someone kind of turning something that you never really thought was a problem on you, and then it all of a sudden it becomes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, like, that's the – I think that's the first order mentality, and that's why they're so harmful, even though I agree with you where it felt like – I don't know if I really th- thought that was necessary for Niku's story. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, and we know that Kaz wasn't a good spy. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about, like, Kaz in the beginning of the series, like, uh, you know, Niku, everyone is asking Kaz about himself, probably, like, where'd you come from? And a spy would pivot that conversation to be like, oh, well, like, I just you know, like, I'm from across the galaxy, but, like, tell me about you. Like, where are you from? And, like, you know that Niku would have taken that bait and just been like, oh, blah, 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 Yeah. And, like, Niku has such, like, a lovely 
story. <laughs> <laughs> like his parents were bantha herders. Yeah, it's and so they, sweet. They sold their best bantha for him to go to engineering this school. Is so like, sweet. Even <laughs> though they didn't really understand his yeah his passion for machines. Yeah, I was like, like, are you kidding me? We were both in Charles living room. We're like, what? Oh. <laughs> Every every single like point of that story, I was like, oh my god, yeah, wow, it was yeah, <laughs> and I just like I don't for all the time that Kaz has been there and like knowing that like Niku is on like a different wavelength than Kaz and they talk about how um, like Niku takes things too literally like. I'm surprised there hasn't been some kind of conversation at some point where Kaz is like, well, like, what were, what was his family like? Like, are yeah. they like, have, like, Yeager, have you ever met his family? Are, are they similar to Niku in that way? Or what do they do? Like, were they engineers too? Um, I don't know. It just, yeah, I don't like, I guess I like, it puts Kaz and, and Yeager and Tam in a negative light for me about like not caring a lot about each other. And I don't like that. Right. So. I also, like, really missed Tam this episode. Yeah, I thought she was going to be back. Me too. I, was I like, thought when those TIE fighters left, we were both ship, like, I was like, oh, we're going to see Tam. Tam. No. <laughs> but no, like, what's she doing? Is she all right? <laughs> is she safe? Is she all right? Is she safe? No, she's she, not. She's she, like, not safe. Has she killed Brooklyn yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> Slapped him once yeah. or twice? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready to move on to talking about the story? Yes. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. Okay, so welcome to part two, where we're going to be talking all about the story. So I think this time we're going to change the question away from what's the state of the resistance to what's the state of the Colossus. (laughs) The funny thing is, is that it's still the same. Same. (laughs) (laughs) They're still like kind of broken down and they're uh, just trying to get some stuff done i think they're like better than they were before though now like even though their engine engineering systems like were totally screwed up because of nina i think that by screwing them up they were able to get out and fix everything again yeah it's kind of crazy how everything was so broken and then niku and kaz were able to like lickety split get it back online yeah and, yeah, and yeah. i'm like mm, yeah what's our timing here yeah it's uh, <laughs> uh yeah <interesting>. yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so now they've they've jumped hyperspace again. To where? <laughs> <laughs> to where? Yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, so where are we going now? Like, what coordinates did you put in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, you guys know, I love the Colossus in space. I think it's so great. I love. I don't know. It's just where are we going? <laughs> like, they haven't even talked about like where the resistance is now again like how much time has passed are we like we're already done with last jedi i'm assuming we are well so like mina's conversations about bringing up like the, the first order of the resistance like it's a fight like you've already lost like you've already you're already losing yeah and she said planets are just giving up yeah planets are just giving up like is that true i don't know um but i do think that like right now if we are within the last jedi time period yeah, the resistance is being crushed. So, like, she's not wrong if she yeah. knows everything. Like, this is – the First Order is taking over. It's, like, a 75-25 situation of, like, yeah. re- the First Order is it. And it looks like they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the purpose, obviously, of a darker middle chapter is that it's supposed to – but, like, we're living that right now in resistance. And so I think it's interesting because the Colossus hasn't really talked about the resistance in a while – like the resistance resistance mm-hmm. and we just keep hopping around and I'm just like, are we going to meet up? Because I don't, I just don't know. Right, yeah. Like they don't even need to meet up though. Right. That's the thing. Right. But it's just like, what is their new mission? Like they haven't been like, we need to get supplies in order to dock at a new planet. We need yeah. to get supplies in order to meet up with the resistance. Yeah. Like there's, it's just like immediate survival and we haven't, like, Poe hasn't contacted them. They haven't tried to contact Poe. And they're like, it's not going right. to. I wonder why. Oh, because he's staging a mutiny. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that ship got blown up. Yeah. As did that one. And that one. And that one. <laughs> um, they haven't done any of that. And I think that's kind of my, like, biggest critique so far. Like, I thought the first episode, that one felt, like, that one was so closed in on the Colossus and it needed to be. But it also handled them like arriving at Dakar and finding no one there. And then it was like, okay, let's bring it in. Like the lights are off. Gravity's not there. BB-9E is like 
scary AF. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I thought that episode was so, so good. And it, again, it like handled that balance really well of like the bigger picture and the smaller picture stories that I think that Resistance does a lot and did really well in season one, I thought. Um, yeah. This season, though, I'm not so sure. And so I'm hoping that like wherever they've jumped to and like we're still in the beginning parts of the season. Right. So like if I could draw a whiteboard, I think that like we have a whiteboard right behind us. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I just think it's interesting because and in we talked about this last episode and I'm, I hope this doesn't come off as negative because I don't mean it negatively. But I think that the trajectory of where we were going in, episode, in season one was much clearer because the destruction of Hosnian Prime was like a clear mm-hmm. end point. Yes. Yeah. And, and right now, because The Last Jedi is so sure and like what happens in The Last Jedi is so um, honestly like kind of small scale. Mm-hmm. What is happening and we're feeling it is like what the heck is happening with the resistance because it is so small scale. Yeah. And the Colossus is not involved. And if it was involved, I think The Last Jedi would look a little different. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. Like you're right. Like Last Jedi is so small scale for what's going on. And that picture or that movie is so closed in. And so it makes sense that the Colossus is not involved in that at all. But I wonder, and like it, like the Colossus should be dealing with more of the bigger picture. We've kind of gotten pieces of that, like with Nina being like, Mm -hmm. all the planets are just giving up. But imagine if the Colossus had been like hyperspacing to different planets, but seeing that they're first order occupied and having to like quickly retreat. Yeah. Or if they even like mentioned that in the beginning, like, oh, we went here, but there was. Like, we couldn't dock there. It wasn't safe mm-hmm. to dock there. Mm-hmm. And that was, I feel like that would be giving us, like, a little bit more insight that, like, they're trying to go somewhere. They yeah. just can't. Like, there's nowhere for them to go. Yeah. Like, they're kind of stuck in space, too. But we haven't been getting that at all. And, and again, it's like, where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen people tweet, like, that had early access to the episodes that, like, see that episode six is, like, where things, like, are particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the that's next, next episode. Week, yeah. yeah. So I feel like... I don't know. I just think that we're heading heading someplace really interesting. Like, obviously, like, where the heck are we going? Like, who mm-hmm. knows where we're going to end up? Yeah. I don't know. I, literally, it's anyone's best guess. Right. Um, maybe next week is when Poe finally contacts them and is like, go find us some fuel. Yeah. You know? Um, what I did like about this episode was we were getting a little bit more of that friction between the pirates and the Colossus. Um, I enjoyed that like kind of very subtle plot line of like, oh, there's like, I shouldn't have let them on here. Like they need to get off. And I remember we talked about this. We're like, why don't the pirates just fly away? But then we're like, oh, they can't because like they're out in space and their ship is open air, Mm -hmm. I think, on some parts. And (laughs) what I think is really interesting is what you just brought up about how this episode and the last episode as well, it really did kind of show the like infighting that could potentially be on this like at, I don't know, coming to a head mm-hmm. between the pirates and like the Colossus. I was telling Caitlin before when we were writing these uh, show notes, I wish there was a way for me to refer to the collective like uh, Doza. Team Doza. Yeah, Team Doza <laughs> with like Yeager and all that because like you have pirates, but then like what? You can't, they're not really like the resistance, right? Mm-hmm. So it's what, like Team Colossus? Yeah. Team Colossus. But Team Colossus is too big. I know, exactly. So anyway, <laughs> I just like this infighting. And I think that Alex from Star Wars Explained brought up a really good point when I was listening to his review from last week's episode about how there's a little bit of like a dichotomy happening between Captain Doza and the cap- the, the pirate captain. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was really interesting too because I think that this episode really showed like some intense distru- distrust between um, – like the the Colossus, like and and they're like invaders who are living there, aka the pirates. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was I don't know. I thought that was interesting because I think that like as an audience, we are like automatically distrustful of the pirates because they're like aggressive. They're pirates. Like hello. Yeah. And I think that this episode kind of like had to check our bias a little bit about those kind of things, mm-hmm. which oh, it, it I don't know. It just did kind of something a little powerful there that I didn't expect. Yeah. And I, I still think that the pirates, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I think that the pirates, I guess, respect Captain Doza, right? Like they have to. I don't know. You, as you're saying that, it reminded me of our conversation last week about like Doza and how we're not super suspicious of him anymore. And I can't say that I've felt particularly suspicious of the pirates this season. Like they've they've definitely been in it for themselves, but they've never been sneaky about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they've always been very upfront about that. And 
like they were used by the first order themselves mm-hmm. and then so was Nina like me like that situation was very similar to how the pirates or how the first order used the pirates is how they used Nina too mm-hmm. so I think that is interesting but you're right like I don't know if I think Captain Cragen has respect for Doza I've never seen them talk so. <laughs> Maybe they have one. I think maybe they did at the very end. But or or I think when Joseph was like addressing the people of the Colossus, yeah. like, please don't leave. I can't right. tell you why, but please don't, don't leave. leave. Yeah. I think Captain Cragen was there. But yeah, it, it is interesting having like that. You're right, like how we were like, Oh, well, clearly they're taking power and stuff like right. that. But like Sonara was the one that set that up and we trust Sonara. Yeah. So and then like the pirates weren't like trying to take more yeah and they were like no we didn't yeah. it was fair and they were telling the truth yeah it's funny because i keep like i want sonara to leave the pirates because i think that she's like better than the pirates but then i'm like why do i feel like that again mm-hmm. this is like me and my bias yep and i'm like because clearly the pirates like she hasn't they haven't done anything like piratey piratey especially to her yeah like, I, I think she belongs there and it's 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 just interesting. Yeah, like where do these people belong? Yeah, like, u- like ultimately, it's like imagine at the end of the series, like Kaz goes to join the resistance. Yeah, it'll feel weird because they'll be like, no, he belongs on the Colossus. Colossus. And it's like really all these people like they belong in the Colossus. And it's like Tam doesn't need to come back for the resistance. She needs to come back to her, the, like, Colossus. Her family the Colossus. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. And I feel like the pirates are kind of like that now too, because like they all came from Castellon. Right. And so the Colossus is the thing that's like holding them all, like literally holding them all together and yeah. physically as well. Yeah. And like where are they gonna go? Yeah. But the the pirates did bring up that interesting tidbit in last episode too. They're like, way back when our ancestors, like we hunted beasts like this remember right um and then they moved to like pirating people i suppose um it kind of gave me like moana vibes honestly Mm. oh interesting it's like jaws for me yeah i just feel like i i don't know let's pivot to talk about the first order because i just think that this was pretty thematic in how we understand how the first order the story of nina is can be parallel to tam because at the end of it we are given a snapshot about how little the First Order cares for the people that work for them. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, they'll just have her executed. Yeah. Even though she did her job. And it was it was Kaz and Niku who were just smart enough to figure out what she did. Mm-hmm. You know? And that was just in the nick of time, you know? Yeah, like just barely. And that they were they're gonna have her executed next time they they cross paths. And it's like you have to think like, oh, okay, so when Tam's uh like why they needed Tam is over what they're just gonna have have her executed because these are the same people that like courted Tam Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) so it's I don't know I just think it's a little interesting because I think Nina was likable in the same way that I think Tam is likable yeah yeah. and I think that and yeah when when the beginning of the episode when I said that she was evil like I I don't know that was a poor choice of words because I just feel I don't actually feel that way Mm -hmm. and I I don't know. I just think that the First Order using one singular person and preying on uh, the Colossus's own compassion to save people, like immediately it was like, oh, we got to save these people. Like it, that was that yeah. was Kaz, right? Who was like, yeah, yeah like we got we to gotta rescue. That's a rescue mission, mission you yeah. know? And everyone was like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Yeah, it could be a trap. Yeah. And it's here we have like preying on compassion. And I think that's just like so emblematic of what the First Order does, right? Yeah. It's yeah, that's like a really good point. Removing every single piece of good out there. Yeah, like you can't be compassionate towards people. Yeah, you can't even be trusting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, I think it's, I was surprised too when they were just like straight execution. And then I was interested too that they didn't actually go after her. Right. I kind of thought that they would just like send someone after her immediately. No, it was, she was like a bounty hunter esque person, which I thought was interesting because I don't think Star Wars has ever introduced something like that before where it's like in the past we were like, oh, bounty hunters, like, oh, bounties, like, yeah, yeah. She's, she's not a bounty hunter. No, but I think that, like, she lives her life in a way like a contract worker. Like, she's like a freelance engineer <laughs> for the first order. With, like, some kind of indentured servitude somewhere at yeah, some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But then she also, it, you know, it does remind me of, like, Empire Strikes Back when yeah. they, like, send out all these individual bounty hunters to go try and find Luke Skywalker. Right. And you're like, 
Vader's putting a lot of trust in these people to go get his son. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he should do it himself. Yeah. The thing that's interesting also is that something that I thought, I don't know, something that I thought was interesting was that she mentioned that she was sold into uh, slavery of the Huts. Did you say Huts? I'm pretty sure she said the Huts. I don't, I just heard pirates. It could have been Huts, but I just heard pirates. Oh. And that's why she was distrustful. Okay, if she said huts, I, I'm just I want the huts to come back. I want some somewhere for us to see more huts. I could see zero. I again. like I just like I want to know what side the huts are on. That's kind of what I mean. Is that in in the sequel trilogy timeline? I don't think we've really seen that unless we, I missed it in some sort of book. In which way? I bet it's pretty ambiguous. There's a part of me that has always wanted episode episode nine to include the huts helping the resistance in some way. Yeah. Just like all the gangsters, all the pirates, everyone fighting the first, the first order. Yeah, you see like Jabba's cell barge show up. Okay, I don't want that. They rebuilt it. They <laughs> rebuilt everything in Star Wars. We were at this um, like stationery store yesterday in Boston, and they had these like really cute Star Wars mugs, and one of them was the Death Star that was like "I love you to the Death Star and back." And I was like, yeah, but like that blew up. So what does that mean for the saying on the mug? Like, I love you to the Death Star that's no longer there <laughs> and back. And the the woman like working the store, she's like, yeah, but like who's keep rebuilding that thing? <laughs> she was like, re- Death Star 1, Death Star 2, Circular Base. It's just like, it's all the same. <laughs> it, like, it, it, it took me by surprise. I know. Or, it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, You're right like, and you, you should it. say it. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it was funny. Okay. Well, are we ready to move on to part three? Yes, let's do it. Okay, welcome to part three where we're talking about the characters. And I just wanted to start off with a little bit of a side note about Doza. And again, we brought this up earlier, but like I'm not distrustful of him anymore, but I'm also like, what are you doing? I think that you can be uh, doubtful and questioning his like captain status. I'm just, I, I'm questioning his work ethic. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, what I'm questioning. What's interesting is because I feel like in this episode, it was Doza and Yeager right next to each other. And I wonder if there's ever going to be like a what is Yes. Like what is Yeager doing there versus what's Captain Doza's doing there? Mm-hmm. And like what are they each bringing to the table? And like that dynamic, it seems like there's like fodder for some interesting things that are going on there. So like there's so much interesting stuff with Doza and Yeager and it has not been explored at all. Yeah, I know. It's, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating because you're right. That would yeah. be so – but like – after the episode ended, I was like, Charlotte, what is Doza doing? Like, he's literally, every time he's up in the bridge, he, we saw him address the people of the Colossus once, but he's been in the bridge every other time or his office with the tree mm-hmm. that we've seen him. And he's, like, he's just accepting all this information from people, and he'll go, no, that's too dangerous. Yeah. Okay, take someone else with you. <laughs> oh, it's risky. Okay, do okay. it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? Right. And then I'm like, maybe you weren't such a great Imperial officer, and that's why they put you on this outpost in the middle of nowhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, just about, did Doza flunk out of Imperial school? He could have. <laughs> Probably not, because he lives in the Hightower. No, but they put him on this. Like, the Hightower's on the Colossus. But, that, so he failed but the Colossus is, like, important. And they, yeah, but maybe in Imperial times it wasn't when they had this whole fleet of fueling true, stations. And true, now this true, is true. when the last one's left. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Anyway, I just, like, I just don't know what he's doing. Like, he, he doesn't seem to have a purpose. Like, you would expect the captain. I feel like he had a lot more uh, – he, he was inserting himself into a lot more decisions mm-hmm. in last season, whereas this one, he's really just accepting information from other people and, like, running with it. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my Doza side story. I mean, I think that's a – the frustration with Doza are kind of just symbolic of the frustrations with the show about, like, yeah. what's the – what direction are we going in? Mm-hmm. And I – I felt those frustrations less, but I do think that in this episode, but I think Doza is a good example of like us being so unknowing. I also just like, as a side note, just because this popped into my brain, I think it's easy for us to want this Colossus family to be a family. And I'm not sure they are in the same way that the rebels are in Star Wars Rebels. Mm -hmm. And I think that they all have their own like, purposes and it just it's a totally different way than we have seen in star wars before yeah and i i want those relationships to be further explored because i think that each person has like a buddy that they but like but like (laughs) 
<laughs> you know with your buddy. <laughs> like, I think that, like, Niku and Kaz are, like, usually together. And, like, Kaz and Sonara are together. And, like, Kaz and Tor are together. But, like, it's rarely, like, all of, all them. of them together, mm-hmm. even with Yeager. Yeah. And then, like, the Yeager, I think, when they were, like, Team Fireball. Yeah. Like, I don't think Yeager has, like stepped up in season two to be what he was like i don't know they the captain of team fireball yeah but like like him having a like mentor relationship with kaz yeah like that, that hasn't, hasn't that hasn't materialized again mm-hmm. no. and I, it's just it's curious i don't know why that's taking yeah. a backseat and i think that it will come up later but i don't know why yeah i think that's a lot like touching on a lot of what we discussed last week yeah about you know like talking about like tat Taz, uh, <laughs> Kaz and Tora. I don't ship them. Taz, <laughs> Kaz and Tora, and talking about how like we are trying to compare them to Sabine and Ezra, but that's not their dynamic at all, yeah. and we need to like not do that. We get too intertextual sometimes with Star Wars. Yeah, I agree, and like they, it's such a different setup, and just because the the family unit isn't as close as the Rebels one doesn't make it bad. Right. And I think, like, I need, like, both of us need to not fall into that trap because, like, the the family unit of Rebels was honestly its strongest thing. Like, that was what made it strong. And I think, like, once we have Resistance finished, we'll be able – I think, like, we have our favorite parts of Resistance. But once the series itself is completed, I think being able to, like, see all these different layers of stories and relationships is something that Rebels never had. But don't you think that's also kind of reflective in the sequel trilogy? Like, it's something that we always talk about with the sequel trilogy, too, about, like – people keep trying to make the trio a thing and like people keep trying to make like the family a thing but like if you in the sequel trilogy like cast of characters but like really people only have relationships with like certain characters like finn has a relationship with poe finn has a relationship with rose rose and poe don't don't really have have a relationship relationship. and then finn has a relationship with ray poe doesn't really have a relationship with ray ray doesn't have a relationship with rose and then like leia doesn't even know ray like it's all these things that are like it's i don't know i just think it's it's kind Mm -hmm. of like maybe that's what the sequel trilogy is kind of showing that like maybe soon this is how you form a family like it's like a like a longer form situation than just like put all together in like a basket in the same way that like <laughs> Caitlin's all baby. And like, I wish you all could see Charlotte's hand motions right now because she's like really going for I it. Just like I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's not comparable to Rebels, the original trilogy. Yeah. Like all of this stuff is just different in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like all this discourse about like just like Star Wars in general right now. It's just we keep making like we always say Star Wars rhymes and it's poetry and like blah de blah de blah. And it's true. And it, is, it is, but it's not. Yeah. And like the themes are where we get those parallels. These characters are all different. Yeah, the characters are all different and so are their dynamics and relationships. And I think to understand them doesn't mean they have to be the same. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be hard yeah. when you're a fan and you're like, oh, I want to see like something And similar. see like a reflection and all. Yeah, and a reflection doesn't have to be a verbatim reflection. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why, like, honestly, like, not to bring Rilo into Resistance, but like Reverse Anidala is a very interesting theory and like tangent to compare with the Raylo relationship. Yes. Um, because it is different but the same. Right, right, so, right. Anyway, yeah, I think that's kind of more of like our big picture resistance discussion too, but I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To bring back like, yes, sometimes they're not reflective, <laughs> but I think maybe perhaps within this show, like I think you can think about, and I said this before, the Niku and Nina relationship can somehow be parallel to Kaz's relationship with Tam, Kaz's relationship with Sonara, any sort of the, of these like trusting or like losing friends. Mm-hmm. Like I think that they are reflective. Yeah. And that makes me think like, okay, so we asked the question, like, do we think Nico and Nina are going to be back? Like, do you think that Nina is going to come back um, into the show? And if she does, do you think it's going to be in an antagonistic way? Or do you think it's Mm going to be a way? So you do think it's going to be in an... Oh, no, I was just agreeing with your train of thought. Or do you think it's going to be a way of like, I have nowhere else to go because the first order is going to execute me. And we had a connection, Niku. Like, we talked. Like, we're friends. I think it might be a situation where, like, Niku tries to save her, like, knowing that the First Order is going to execute her, and she ends up dying anyway. Whoa. That would be the <laughs> – I just say that because, like, have we, ever, have we seen an actual death in Resistance? Yeah, Kaz killed that person last season, remember? No. He shot down that thing. You had a big – you had, like, a big problem with it. 
in like some battle or something, he like shot down a first oh, order right, person. Right, and you were right, very right, anti right. that. Right, right, right. Um, but not like from our crew. Yeah. Like a character that we know. No. No. You know? I don't think so. Correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> we might be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was so painful we blocked it. <laughs> that, that sounds like something I would do. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I think that that's how probably we're going to see her again. And it's going to be a hopefully it will inspire a sort of reflective idea of Tam coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I I do like comparing Tam and Nina because they are so different and their starting points are different. Like how Nina started good was bad, but at the end of the day, we understand her choices, even if we don't agree with them and are sad about them and angry about them too. And I think the same is true for Tam. Yes. Um, like that kind of going back and forth. Like we always say, it's always about your personal choice. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's about your personal choice in a moment. And that, your self-preservation. Yeah, that changes everything. Yeah. And what, like, those can be interpreted a million different ways. Mm-hmm. If it was good, like, does it count if you made the the right decision in the final moment if you made a slew of bad ones before then? Yeah. It's very indicative of the sequel trilogy as a whole. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay, I feel like we got on a tangent. Yes, we did. As per usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Niku, this really was like a great episode. This is a great Niku episode. This is a great Niku episode. Last episode was a great Niku moment. This is a great Niku episode. Yes. And um, I just, I don't know, I feel like way more connected to Niku again. Yeah, I, I keep feeling do. way more connected to Niku. Yeah. Now I understand his backstory and his like, I don't know, that he had like a hope and a dream. So uh, precious. Yeah, and like that's why he doesn't really have any went around him yeah so because he's like he i don't know the fact that he found himself like working for yeager like i need to know more now i need to know more yeah well i what i think is crazy is that he talked about how his parents gave him like sold their best bantha to send him to school so that he could be a great engineer and he was like and look at me now like i'm on the closet being a great engineer and i'm like okay how did you get to the colossus yeah yeah that's like, what i mean it's are like there academy. bantha on castellan i thought it was a water planet <laughs> And maybe it's just like that side of Castellan is water and the other side is Bantha. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and like was like is the Colossus considered like a place to be a great engineer? Like in my head, I'm like, no, that would be on like Coruscant. Yeah. That's where you would be a great engineer. Or like if you went to school, like wouldn't you have been recruited by the First Order? Right. Or like the Republic? I don't know. I just think it's it's kind of interesting. I wonder if we'll get more. Of, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get more on how he actually got to the Colossus. But I do think that's interesting. Like, and like Niku was like, it has such a great reputation. But then at the, at the same time, we're over here like, well, it's the only one left, and like, <laughs> it's this old fueling station, yeah. and like, it's falling apart. So is it great? I don't know. I would have to assume that like my headcanon is that Yeager kind of took Niku in hmm. and was like, well, we need someone. But I, in I don't know if like this is something. I don't know. Maybe he like found himself there. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I think it's interesting to think about. Like, Niger, like, extended the olive branch or something. Yeah. It was, like, it was just so sad with Niku. Just, like, the whole situation. He's, like, running after Nina. I know. And it it also doesn't, like, it's the same species. Yeah. You know, and we haven't seen, I haven't seen any Niktu, right, throughout. That's the species. Okay. In in Resistance, have you seen any other? No, maybe, not, that I, not that I remember. Maybe maybe one other, but I don't remember. And so I think it's like, okay, here's this friend who looks like me, who is just like me. Like, we both love to fix things. Yay! Like, here we are doing all the stuff. All yeah. the glasses. And then, haha, like, you're, you you fell for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Makes me sad. I know. Me too. <laughs> I'm just like, Niku shared so much. And they had, they like, it was so great to see him working with someone who like wasn't getting in his way like Kaz often does <laughs> yeah. um, like in the beginning in the opening scene like the cold open and yeah. Nico's like can you hear me that thing and Kaz is like la da da like doing his own thing and Nico's like don't worry I've got it <laughs> <laughs> well I just thought also like at the ending of the the episode was really great where you know I think that it reassures the audience that there like isn't a rift between Niku and Kaz. Mm-hmm. Again, this is another example of resistance like not falling for the like the trope of like maybe now Niku's a little suspicious of Kaz after that. 
Yeah, after like, like it was no, we have a whole scene of Niku being like, You're my bestest friend. Bestest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was it was like nice. Like I I, I know my low was that I didn't like the idea that Kaz um has never like bothered to ask anything about Niku's personal life. But like at the end when he's talking to Sonara and they they realize that Nina is bad news and he's like Niku's like not gonna believe me with that. Yeah. And but like he and like he takes Niku away, he's like, this would be really hard for you. Like Nina but I don't is know with the first order. Yeah. yeah. And like he knows that like he does know Niku and he does care right. about Niku. Um and that's clear. And he was like, I don't know how I'm gonna tell him and like he's not gonna believe yeah. me, but like I just gotta go for it. And I liked Kaz like being the one to be like, I'll deliver this news. Right. Like Niku is my friend. Yeah, I don't think I realized how much I was taking like at the surface level, what the relationship between Kaz and Niku was. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, like, I was kind of just handed these tools of, like, oh, they're friends. Like, they work together. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't realize that I actually think I needed to think a little bit more about that friendship. Yeah. And, like, what whether or not it was equal. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know? often it doesn't. Because it is Kaz's story. So a lot of it is, like, yeah, Niku, come with me to help me with this thing. Right. And that's, like the the necessity of the story, mm-hmm. but it's nice to have moments like these. And like we had that with the Bibu episode too, um, of like Niku kind of taking center stage. Yeah. Too. By the way, Bibo mentioned in this episode too after, soon after, <laughs> after last episode. I was like, but what about Bibo? Yeah. And, and like, Niku too was, was like, what's he doing? Yeah. Oh man, Bibo. I was like, <laughs> mood. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love the. Uh, well, I have a chair I'm quite fond of. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. The only good thing Nina did was, one, be really nice to Niku, and, two, she helped Opipit get back his floor that's cleaner. What, that's why I know I'm like, something's up about this. They, <laughs> they wouldn't solve this this quick, you know? Because it's like it's such the thing. It's so funny. Next episode, he's going to lose it again. I know. He was so happy. He was like, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so good. We saw him in Charlotte, and we're like, Opipit. <gasps> <laughs> he's like a Pokemon. He says his name. The dog. He's like, so great. Yeah, but that really t- ticked me off. I, was, I know I you were like, like, I was like, no, 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 that's not right. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> this has to be the running joke, <laughs> and it can't be solved this easily. I can't believe that poor Opipit has to suffer. I know. Yes. One his happiness. Suffer. His happiness means that we know something's not right. <laughs> Until the last episode, I guess. Yeah, he'll finally be like, all done. Yeah. And then Kaz will like come crashing through with like a a, a puffer pig. Yeah. A muddy puffer pig. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be like, oh, it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I feel like we've talked a bit about them already, but Sonara and Kaz, all good things. Add, yeah, just good. All good things. Always love that. I just really just always love the dynamic. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it in the first section, but they have such an interesting dynamic for how they became friends, why they're still friends, and how they, like, bounce off of each other. It's just... I ship it so much. Even if it's, like, I just ship them being friends. I just... I always, like, it's just fun seeing them together. Doing, yeah. That's what I mean. It's, like, I don't know if, like, I'm, like, yes, kiss. Like, I'm not like that. <laughs> I'm just, like, yes, I love this dynamic. This is a really good dynamic. Yeah. And Sonara has, like, so much sass, and that's just honestly a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So... I also just, like, again, I see this... Every episode Sonara's in. I just did not expect her to be such a main character. Mm-hmm. Do you remember our older episodes? I was like, yeah, well, I don't think we're going to see her again. Yeah, or like maybe once. Maybe or like once. In an, one, yeah. another one-off episode. Like, I'm just so happy because I think that her character really does show a lot about Kaz. And like, I don't know. You know, so many characters within Resistance, like what we were talking about before, are like almost like foils of each other. And like they, they provide... I don't know, each other's strengths to like come to the surface. Mm-hmm. And I think that like... Kaz and Sonara is like maybe the most interesting example of the, all the dynamics mm-hmm. just yeah. because I think that Sonara really pushes Kaz and it's like in a friendly competition way um, and like kind of like challenges his expectations and his like worldview and I just always enjoy that because any time that that is brought up in Star Wars I think that that's when Star Wars is the strongest. Mm-hmm. Yeah I agree I agree. Yeah. I hope. I just hope that she continues to play a big role in the future. Me too. <laughs> well, is there anything else we want to say about the characters of this episode? No. I mean, I think this episode was so good. Just like mm-hmm. as a another, just to say it again, I really, really liked it. And there, I, there are things like I think the story was like so complicated. I don't know if we even dug into it and like 
I, I, even just like talking about the last the last um, episode that we talked about, we were like, what the heck is the theme? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that the theme really is the question of this episode. I really do think that the main takeaway of this episode is the insidious nature of the First Order and how far they're willing to go to sabotage the smallest planets, the smallest systems, the smallest starships, anything with mm-hmm. communities. And I, I think that that's the main takeaway. And like, I think the theme is probably something to do with friendship. But mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think that like the what is the theme is the main question of this episode as much as it's like getting a little bit more of the first order. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just another like big example of exactly of their evilness. Yes, they can. Newsflash, First Order, because you need to be evil. <laughs> Very evil. <laughs> That's your takeaway. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, I think that is going to wrap up this week's episode of Resistance. I hope you all enjoyed it and enjoyed this fun little uh, episode of Charlotte and I getting to record together, which yeah. we enjoyed it a lot. So <laughs> I hope you bear with us. I'm sure this audio quality is just like not as great as usual, yeah. but it's still fun to record outside of my apartment, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's just something, <laughs> something different. Yeah. So um, you can find us online. We are most active on Twitter. We are at SkytalkersPod. And then we have our personal handles. Mine is at Caitlin Flusher and Charlotte's is at Clarity. You can also find us on our website, skytalkers.com. We also have an Instagram and a Facebook page and a Discord that is available through our Patreon if you're interested in that. And if you like what you hear, you can head on over to iTunes and leave us a review there. It 100% helps people find our show, and it 150% makes our day. Yes, absolutely. And I want to say a huge thank you to our amazing patrons. Jason, Kathy Gee, Jenna, Jessica, Mike, Thomas, Bridget, Shelbo, Joey, James, Kate, Nathan, Sam, Bailey, Eric, Kelly, Neil, Mary, Larry, James, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Courtney, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, Bradley, Rachel, Lady Vader, John, Kevin, Josh, Ian, Roz, Lakshana, Candice, Ewan, Tom the Fanboy, Daniel, Heather, Brooklyn, Kimma, Jalea, Matthew, Captain Britton, Jackson, Carrie, Jackson, Raphael, David, Ada, Liz, Christian, Nicole, Jonathan, Rachel, Aaron, Brooke, Rebecca, Kathy, Iribel, Kimberly, Vundercast Productions, Christian, Adam, Megan, Courtney, Centara, Thomas, John, Megan, Kate, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Manny, David, Claudia, Kate, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lumpururu, Patrick, James, Hammy, Neil, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stewart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kels, Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Alyssa, Rebecca, Delaney, Angela, Ali, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Jereen, Molly, Amy, Jared, Claire, Brad, Caitlin, Rebecca, Helly, Scott, BJ, Casey, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Kirsty, The Clashing Sabres Podcast, and Chuck. Thank you all so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And as always, until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.